0: Hi, I'm Cameron and I'm a Just Read Comics. I love them. Welcome back to another episode of Cameron Reads Comics. On today's episode, uh, I'm going to be talking about James the IV's Batman run. So let's get into it. James Tinian uh, is a, a writer that has kind of really blown up in the last couple of years. He, uh, with his book, Something Is Killing the Children, he kind of really. That has saga-level energy for indie comics, and so it's it's. I think he's a guy that's paid his dues in comics for a long time and has has done so many issues on Batman that people just kind of like don't realize were him. So I, I wrote a couple titles uh, that I know he's worked on, can confirm. Batman Eternal, which is a 52-issue series. I don't think he wrote all 52 issues, but he was a part of that team, so he, he wrote A Bountiful Harvest and did a lot of plotting for that event. Um, Batman and Robin Eternal, the same thing, but 26 issues and he helped. (laughs) And then he did a fat Detective Comics run uh, on top of that series uh, for DC Rebirth. I'm actually currently reading it. I'm really loving it. So love what he's up to over there. Uh, And then a lot of new 52 Batman, Scott Snyder, Greg Pulo, proper stuff that he wrote. I think a lot of the fill in issues for that series. Um, and then they said, okay, here you can just have the main title for a while. And so during his run on the main title, something is killing the children blew up. And so here we are, we have a uh, James Tynion blown up the scene for Batman. What was interesting though, is this run takes place after the Tom King Batman run. And As he was, James Tinian was, I love the guy, but he was a fill-in writer for a lot of the issues. And so what happened is as, you know, I think he was filling the gap until about issue, I want to say 100. uh, er, Is that right? Oh my gosh, I don't want to speak. I don't think it is. Don't listen to me. No, it is. He was a fill in writer from issue 100, so I think he had 14 issues guaranteed. And Batman at the time was coming out bi monthly. So he took over at issue 86, I think, was going to 100, and then he was supposed to get off the book. But he launched in success after something is killing the children, and DC had him stay. I don't have a lot of information to back that up, but from what I heard, his contract was till issue 100 and they extended it. So his run was actually cut short. I believe I think he he stayed through his contract for that title but along with so many other new artists and writers coming on the title he jumped on the substack train which all power to him I to to be able to seize on his creations and expand those universes and be compensated well for that congrats plus we have a major back catalog of Batman and DC titles that he worked on uh, to get us through Uh, so good for him. From an accessibility perspective, I think to jump into this Batman title, there's a couple things that we need that you need to have read in the DC universe. Number one being Tom King's Batman Run, it kind of directly ties into that. So it's late the next issue after City of Bane, which is the final event of Tom King's Batman. So hops in right after that. I think Future State. It plays it kind of in the middle of the run. DC does a big event book, Future State. So I think you need to be reading the Batman stuff that happens there to be able to move forward. You know, in the middle of the run, uh, Batman Eternal, Batman and Robin Eternal, and then probably his run on uh, Detective Comics. You'll find that a lot of writers, when they're writing, refer to stuff they've already written with that character. You know, if it, it just makes sense. They're they know their stuff better than anyone, and so they want to play with the toys and that they put in the sandbox. You know, so that's the case, and I'm sure it, it references a lot of Scott Snyder's Batman stuff too, which are just the most recent runs. So I'd say read Batman from 2011 to now, and you'll be all caught up. So let's get into the story. Um, one of the things that James Tinian brings to this title is a lot of new characters. I wrote them down. Uh, if you're not familiar with them, that's also like a lot of characters that he harps back on that uh, were in other runs. So if you're not aware, that they, they may just be new to you. So new characters that he introduced in this title are Ghostmaker, Miracle Molly, uh, Simon Saint, and this guy was bouncing around a couple titles, but I think Mayor Nakano is a, is a newest member that were, was part of this run i like this because it expands the universe it also just expands gotham you know i don't know how many more backup characters batman needs but the use of uh, building out the city making new foes for batman i think i'm down for uh the Ghostmaker was an interesting one because he is a character that bruce knew before he was batman and i'm Always willing to expand on Bruce's origin in the way where it's like, he spent 20 years away from Gotham, you know, whatever your number is in your head, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, I guess mine's 20. He spent that time away from Gotham. And so this was a guy that he met as he was training. And so he, he becomes kind of part of the team. He gives me a lot of Azrael vibes. So if you're picturing of like kind of a character box to put him in, Ghostmaker's kind of like Azrael, but I think he's a little bit more developed. not a huge Azrael fan, uh, but the way that they used him in this run, I thought was really, really cool. And actually I'm reading Detective Comics right now from Rebirth and Gene Paul Valley, Azrael, is in that run. So you could see some illusions. Um, Ghostmaker's a really cool character. Really gnarly, but really cool tech and stuff. He's kind of a different, for, kind of like Batman, a little more rough around the edges. Who even knew that would be possible? Um, Next one that had a lot, oh my gosh, I didn't even I write this one down. Here's another new character that kind of broke in DC Comics forever, Punchline. I even realized I didn't put Punchline on my notes. Punchline is in this, and uh, she's kind of a really big deal, so... Oh my gosh! I feel so silly for not putting that in. It's in now. Um, at the most important point, punchline came in. So, Miracle Molly is a super important character because she uh, she led a group. I forget what the group's name is, uh, but she she led this group and during the fear state, brought in a new kind of underground. Uh, crew to Gotham, and kind of showed an underbelly of Gotham, and some some misfits that were trying to do their best to bring down the man, so Miracle Molly, a lot of people really hyped about her transition, she's kind of a cool really cool character um, Simon Saint all this character made me do was think of Silver Saint Cloud, and we never saw her in the run, so he's kind of a tech guru, Lex Luthor type uh, super smart, interfering in the politics you see eventually Simon Saint and Mayor Nakano working together, and leading to some sort of event. That's all I'm going to say about that. Uh, The two biggest things I would say that happened in this run are um, Joker War and Fear State. They are both major event titles that came in around, you know, obviously Joker and Scarecrow. So there's a lot of expanse on those two characters. Uh, Joker kind of really took a blow not only to Batman, but to Bruce Wayne. uh, That affected the run moving forward. I was pretty down with it. There's another new character now that I think about it, the designer, but I wasn't in love with that story arc, so I'm not even going to talk about it. Joker War, you know, you kind of saw what it would be like if Joker not only attacked Batman, but Bruce Wayne, and so he depleted Bruce Wayne's pretty much funds, and so he centralized Batman into Gotham and, and away from Wayne Manor. So th- those, those parts of it were kind of cool. You guys know how I feel about the Joker-centric events. i um, I'm good on Joker for a while, but actually this kind of led into Joker's solo series currently being written by James Tinian. I'll eventually pick it up, but I don't want to wait monthly for a Joker book that I'm not super hyped about. But I will read the full run when it could, when it does come out because I think I read the first issue and whoever – I think James Tinian is more than capable of – writing that title, so I was down for that part of it. Fear State, really cool event. I was kind of down for a Scarecrow-centric event. It was very long. Um, I just thought that Fear State was really cool, but I was like, I don't know. I liked it, I guess. It was uh, a good Scarecrow-centric event. I think Scarecrow's a really neat villain, and I think he needs more do. I also thought his look in that event was so, so cool, and so I'm I was down for it, um, Fear State was good. It it was the end of the run, which kind of, I felt like it ended the run abruptly. So yeah, those are the two most major things that happened in this run, Uh, they're pretty good. Then, there was some more stuff that kind of definitive choices that Tinian made for Batman in this run. He is a queer writer, which is super cool, you know, and and he kind of put some of those tones. So Ghost, I think Ghostmaker is bisexual. Uh, And also, so so moving into that, we saw the first incontinuity kiss of Harley and Ivy, which was pretty cool because I think that that's been alluded to by fans that they're into one another and we got to see that. And I was actually pretty down for that. It was pretty cool, pretty good moment, pretty earned over time, and it was something that he gave the fans what they want while also expanding the universe. I liked it. Um, One of the bigger ones that I I personally absolutely adored was Barbara Gordon returning as Oracle. Um, Fans are all up in the air of where Barbara Gordon should be right now because she was Oracle, and then she got her legs back, and now she's Batgirl. He brought her back as Oracle, which was so cool. She has full use of her body, but she chooses to be the woman in the chair because she knows she's also equally as competent there. I loved that. So big shout out to that moment. Um, and it was so, so, so cool. And then for me on a personal level, the one I wanted to talk about the most was the inclusion of Cassandra Kane and Stephanie Brown as Batgirls. The, one of the best notes and highlights I can give to this run is the fact that they – it felt very Chuck Dixon Batman to me, and that's about the highest honor I can put on a bat book. Chuck Dixon is my favorite Batman writer. I think that he absolutely nails – I just love the expanded team. I love what they all bring to the table and his runs on Nightwing and Robin and Batman and all those titles – Birds of Prey, all he was doing with those characters for that time, I was a huge fan of. So to see Barbara Gordon return as Oracle and to see Cassandra Cain and Stephanie Brown participating in this universe was just awesome. And I can only cheers it, you know? I can only uh, give it high praise. So let's talk about the art. Um, Tony Daniel starts off this Batman run, and I thought every panel in the first couple issues because he did the uh the first arc in this run and then he actually i'm pretty sure he moved over to marvel i don't see him much at dc anymore good for tony daniel i thought his art in the first issue was absolutely perfect and it was like some of the most beautiful batman i've ever seen i love tony daniel so his art as batman was really 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 cool and it was enough to keep me in the text so big fan tony daniel's batman run But the shining star in art on this book, there was a couple others. I think uh, Gill March had some issues in the series. Then he ended up going to do Joker. But George Jimenez. I've talked about him in my Superman by Patrick Leeson and Peter J. Tomasi omnibus review. George Jimenez now becoming a mainstay in the current DC universe. I love his art so much. And like he draws stylistically, um, emotively, my favorite Batman or one of my favorite Batmen. I literally everything about his costume and his designs of these characters worked for me. He just it was just no holds barred. His page layouts, his um his freaking color choices. I know he wasn't the colorist on this book, but the way he worked with that, I thought his designs for Cassandra Kane, uh and Oracle especially, were the coolest designs. I don't it's hard so the way I think about it, the way I compartmentalize my brain, um, artists is their character designs. If I was, to, if I could have, let's say, okay, I love buying original art, um, but I love commissions because you know you sometimes you just want the character you like to be drawn by your favorite artist. So the way I break down artists is like, who would I have if I if I met? So Mark Bagley, for example. Mark Bagley's Ultimate Spider-Man is like my, my favorite run ever. And so one of, I want him to draw me Ultimate Spider-Man more than anything. And so when I when I met Mark Bagley, I had him draw me Ultimate Spider-Man. When I met, uh, uh, what's, oh my gosh, Fantastic Four artist did the wedding, Aaron Cooter. Uh, when I met Aaron Cooter, I, I met... I was like, you know what? You drew Ben Grimm's wedding and I would love you to draw me Ben Grimm. And so he drew those for me. He drew that for me. I was like the most magical thing. So when I, Jorge Jimenez, I don't know who I want him to draw because he has like definitive characters that are like my absolute favorite characters. Um, Designs. Like this artist definitively draws Oracle exactly how I picture Oracle and it would be like the most cool thing ever. Um, Cassandra Kane, I literally his Cassandra Kane Bat Girl costume, which is one of my favorite costumes ever. The way he draws it is so freaking cool. I can't even stand it. I want that so bad. (laughs) Like, but then again, his Batman, the broad shoulders, longer Batman, long torso, freaking the movement he does for Batman is insane. I absolutely love it. And then don't even get me started about his Hawk Girl. Don't get me started about his freaking Martian Manhunter. His Superman is ridiculous. His Super Sons run? Did I? Wow. Did he just make it on my top five artists? Maybe. Anyways, long story short, the art in this book is incredible. And I'm so glad uh, George Jimenez was the mainstay on this title uh, for the most part. Um, so huge, huge, huge fan. Going into the ratings of this run, I'm going to give it a 7.7 out of 10. I thought that this book was a better than average Batman run, which is actually really hard to do because Batman has had so many great runs. And so I I, I loved uh, what Tinian brought. I wish we could have had him on the title longer, but I'm really excited to keep reading what he's doing. And I'm actually most excited that this writer is getting the recognition he deserves. I think he paid his dues for so long on the batman titles so to be able to see him do this now the way he wants to do it i'm a huge fan of all right make sure you clapper those like and subscribe buttons as leave me as well as leave me a five star rating review on iTunes please go check out my podcast Cameron reads comics i will see you next time